Stop your grinning and drop your linen. It's movie time. We got movies of all shapes and sizes. We got so many movies. You, you're going to wish we don't got no movies at all. So, this is off screen. I'm Van Cutter. Drop the needle. Groovy. Hello, I'm Van Connor. Welcome to this week's Off Screen. My guest this week, film critic generally to be seen on every screen imaginable around award season from uh, BBC Radio, from Talk Radio. It's Miss Rebecca Perfect. Hello, oh, hello. Bex. Hello. Hi, Van. Thanks for having me on. It's so great to have you here. So, cause it's because we've got Toy Story. I thought there's no one better to talk to about Toy <laughs> no Story. No one that loves Toy Story more than me. <laughs> yeah, who has more boundless enthusiasm I know, than, right? than, than Bex? <laughs> but not to the point of annoyance, I promise you. <laughs> no, thankfully not. Thankfully not. So... Uh, this week we've got some big movies. We've got a reboot of Child's Play. We've got Toy Story 4. We've got The Flood with uh, not one but two Game of Thrones alums Ooh, in there. Because that sells at the yeah. moment, you see. And then we've got... Uh, Rinse it for what it's worth. <laughs> and an Ethan Hawke movie. And he's going a bit silly as well, would you Oh, believe? nice. I do love Ethan Hawke. I'm more sort of like 80s and 90s Ethan Hawke, but you know. I'll yeah. take what I can get. But when he was young and cool and gatterish. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So then, okay, first review of the week, and I know you've not seen this one, so it's kind no. of up to me to kind of sell this one to you. Let's talk Child's Play 2K19. Yes, I have to say, although I haven't seen this one, I'm a huge fan of Child's Play. One of my earliest memories is sitting with my cousins at way too young an age, <laughs> watching this movie, um, actually out in the Philippines. So if anyone's listening from the Philippines, hello, Kamusta. Um, been sitting there watching it with them and suddenly being so scared. You know the weird part? I think you and I actually discovered Child's Play from the same source. Really? Was it, was it Star TV out of the Philippines or It Orbit? might well have been. I, can't, I mean, this is a long time ago. But it's the same for me. I was growing up in the Middle East, so we, we may have discovered it through Absolutely. the same... Absolutely. It's yeah. a funny old world. I know, it? right? Where yeah. ratings have no boundaries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Child's Play is back. It's rebooted, remade, revitalised. It is a whole new thing. This comes to us from Norwegian director Lars Klevberg. It stars Aubrey Plaza as the mum. It Great. stars Gabriel Bateman as the kid. The cop this time around is uh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. You might remember from Widows. And uh, the local, he was the local crime boss, wasn't he? Yeah. And our Chucky this time around is none other than Sir Mark Hamill. <gasps> Luke Skywalker himself. So, Chucky is now no longer a good guy doll. He's a buddy doll. Buddy with an eye. They are smart dolls. They interact with your home appliances. They're like a Furby meets an Alexa. And the one that happens to fall into the hands of single parent child Andy Barkley is, well, let's just say the murderously clingy type. Thanks to a software error from a disgruntled suicidal Foxconn employee. (laughs) None of that I am making up. Here's a clip. Andy... I know this move has been really tough, and I know I've been working a lot, so I think you deserve this. Mom, I need to tell you something. Something's wrong with Chucky! What this screams to me is kind of Black Mirror meets Chucky. Yes, thank you. That's exactly what it is. So basically, I kind of... I haven't seen it. Yeah, you haven't even seen it and you got that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no murderous serial killer trapped in a doll's body trying to get himself out. That's gone. There's no yeah. Charles Lee Ray in this version, no Tiffany, nothing. It doesn't even do that thing where they keep making in-jokes about right. the, the original. It's like Robocop where he keeps coming out and saying, dead or alive, you're coming with me, or I'll buy that for a dollar. Although, weirdly, I did keep thinking of Robocop and the Italian job during this because they're, ah. they're both movies that I 
wish were actually sequels, yeah. like decades later sequels. This, I wish, was nothing to do with Child's Play. I think it's a really good movie. Uh, do you know what? It sounds like to me that what's been really clever about this movie is that they've taken something that's incredibly topical. It's on point now. Mm. It's like, you know, we are living in these smart homes, smarter lives, all exactly, that kind yeah. of stuff. Why shouldn't movies reflect all of this? And this is what I think like Black Mirror, as an example, does things really well because it takes it even further. But bringing it into the genre of horror, I mean, this is interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, you remember about 10 years ago, there was a horror film called Pulse. It was terrible. It was absolutely dreadful. But it started... You always come up with these terrible horror films. You always say, oh, do you remember this film? I, I didn't watch it because it's terrible. How many, how many terrible movies have I mentioned to you know, over the last right? few years? So Pulse was, I think, 2007. It was Kristen Bell uh, from Frozen, Veronica Mars, and The Good Place. I think, and... I think we've got our answer right there. Yeah, yeah. And Frankie Muniz, I think, was in it as well. Again, and the idea I re- was... My, rest my case. It was evil in the Wi-Fi. There was evil spirits in the Wi-Fi signals. That was oh the one. Oh, my goodness. So that's something that I also thought of as well. But yeah, like you say, Black Mirror, very Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Mark Hamill's nice. a lot of fun in this. Aubrey Plaza's fun as Aubrey Plaza. The kid's uh, you know, quite good. He's got more of a beefed-up role than the original kid Alex Vincent did because the, you know, the character is a lot older now. The character's now a 12-year-old, so it's a bit yeah. more losers from It. Oh, nice. Okay, I like a few that. friends Yeah, well. yeah the group camaraderie. I quite like that. Yeah, you get a bit of that. Yeah. You know, there's no BMXs or anything, no Stranger Things, but it's, it's kind of along those lines. Uh, some inventive deaths, some great, visceral, hilarious gore, and loads of punchy, you know, bathos-driven lines. Uh, and there's a reference to a dead musician that's going to bring down the ceiling in any screen that you possibly just can see. Just what you need. Soon. Just what you need. But, I mean, great from the horror point of view, just quickly, yeah. does it live up to it? Is it still a good horror? Yeah, there's some jumps. Okay. There's some laughs. It, it's not a straight horror film like Curse and Cult of Chucky were. Yeah. This reboot is going for something more of a horror-driven version of Small Soldiers. Okay. If I just okay. leave it at that, so, I think. So, uh, Child's Play aficionados will still love it, but people new to the franchise? I think Child's Play aficionados will say, actually, this is a pretty good movie, but I wish it was nothing to do with Child's Play, because <laughs> it's nothing to do with Child's Play. <laughs> okay. Why have you changed everything and then still kept it as Chucky? It doesn't make any sense. So let's talk about, uh, is there anything in the film news that's, that's caught your eye this week? There's a, there's a story that's, that's caught my attention this morning. Well, apart from, there was, there's obviously been the awful news of the stabbing at uh, the witches. Yes, um, yes, this was insane. Warner Brothers. Yeah, which is something like a movie in itself. I mean, it's very meta what's happened there. Oh, the Anne Hathaway the reboot of, yeah, of, yeah. The, of the witches. Um, awful story. It sounds like it was a, a, a fallout between two crew members. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And one got stabbed like in John the throat. Wick. what? It does. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so that's, I mean, that's what I've been keeping an eye on this week and just seeing what's been unfolding as a result of that. But there are there is other movie news, right? Oh, there is. Uh, also, Ray Winston has been cast in the new Black Widow movie at Marvel. So, yeah, that's a thing that's Sorry, happening. Sorry, I was just a bit speechless I know, there. I know, right? Like, yeah. I wish there was a video that could have just seen my face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we get the live stream working, we will. But, uh, yeah, Black, Ray, Ray Winston is joining the Marvelverse. This I'm not is sure a how thing I feel about that. Happened. I mean, when he was in Snow White and the Huntsford, I was a bit like, what is going on here? I'll stick with Marvel for one more thing before we, before we go on to talk about the captor. Uh, Keanu Reeves, apparently, has been asked to be in nearly every single Marvel movie, according yes. to Kevin Feige. <laughs> and he's turned it down. He's not Keanu. <laughs> ah, no, no, no. He's Keanu. Keon. So, let's talk then about uh, the captor really quickly. So, the captor is an interesting one. The captor is known in pretty much every other country in the world as Stockholm. The, uh, this is the story of how Stockholm Syndrome came to be a thing. Right. Yeah, so it stars Ethan Hawke and Numi Rapace. She is the bank clerk, he is the bank robber. 
Okay. He's also got an incarcerated accomplice, played by Mark Strong, who he negotiates for the, oh, the freedom of. Please yeah. tell me Mark Strong's yet another villain. Mark Strong is what, another one of the robbers. He's got some <laughs> scraggly 1970s yes. hair. He's got a terrible wig on that shiny dome of his. And uh, say, it, by its own, dis- uh, own description, it is based on the absurd but true 1973 bank heist. Nice. And that's it. It's Ethan Hawke takes a bank with his mates and he has to negotiate with the police who are led by Christopher Heyerdahl, whom is you'll, you'll just know from any TV show filmed in Canada ever. He's on all of them. He's just right. that guy from that thing, only that thing is everything. Canadians, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Indeed. Canadians will know him. They will. I mean, he's, I'm pretty sure he's been a member of every race in Stargate, at least. Okay. So this is him as the cop negotiating with Ethan Hawke while Hawke is hiding in a vault and the cop has decided to send tear gas down to flush him out. We're going to send in tear gas. You have one minute to give up. Place your weapons into the bag, slide it under the hole so we can see them. One minute or we start the gas. Uh, no, no, no. What do you mean? You said you were going to... One minute. It's not the phone. You have to press the red button. What's going on? Hey, hey, you said you were going to let us go. Things have changed. No, what do you mean? What? We should do what he says. No. No way, man! You, you, you said we could go! One minute. So he's got a certain zaniness to it, a little bit of wackiness for Ethan Hawke. Yeah. I don't I, think I've seen him go this broad before, actually. No, and I, do you know what? I think... Have I? Uh, I don't know, but I think what I like... Well, what I'm looking forward to is seeing Nomi replace in this as well, because I, I think she's great, and I haven't seen her on the screens properly recently, like in a big movie. Or I don't think she's like had a great role in a few years. No. It's very strange, because didn't she get one of the Sherlock, Kai Ritchie Sherlock Holmes sequels at one point? Oh, I'm yeah, sure. but again, not one of the great roles. No, not one of the great ones, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, a girl with a dragon. Oh, no, she was the original girl with a dragon. Yeah, I mean, that's I the thing. Of? I think that's why I'm kind mm. of like, she's got so much range, yeah. and we need to bring her back to the forefront again. I think people have kind of lost her a little bit, so it's good to hear of her name again. I think so. This has something of a you'd watch it on a weeknight at nine o'clock on film four kind of vibe to okay, it. Okay, that's like, not a bad Definitely thing. that. It's not a bad movie. It, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it does feel something kind of low level and televisual about it. Okay. Uh, a movie you might catch have a, on have streaming, a ch- for Have a chat with the crew, yeah? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but otherwise, perfectly fine. And actually, I was kind of happy to see Christopher Heyerdahl in a movie role for a change. I thought that was And nice. not on Canadian TV. And, yeah, exactly. Not under five pounds of latex on a Vancouver film sci-fi I wish, show. I wish I knew who you were talking about. <laughs> I really do. I'm intrigued. I bet bet there's something you watch that he has a prominent role in, because he does everything. So that's it. We'll be back after the jump to visit the return of the Toy Story. Welcome back to Off Screen. I'm Rebecca Perfect, and I am joining Van Connor this week. And actually, I sound like I'm taking over. You do, don't you? I like it. It's authority. It's authority. Uh, Lose your job. I'll take over. Thanks very much. Um, We're talking about Toy Story 4, and I couldn't be more excited about this because the gang are back, but Woody is finding it a little hard with Andy being gone to adjust to being in Bonnie's toy box. Separation anxiety I know, right? And, um, you know, after meeting her new toy, Forky, who I have to say is a firm favourite in my my book yes. um, the whole gang go on on this big adventure um, and Woody actually embarks on a little bit of a romance because we see the return of Bo Peep I mean it's everything you want from a Toy Story movie and a little bit more as well should we have a clip let's do it <laughs> oh hi Giggle whoa you didn't tell me he was a cop howdy sheriff officer Giggle McDimples I run Pet Patrol from Minneapolis yeah search and rescue 
Very quick introduction to Giggle yeah. McDimples, though. He's played by Ali Mackey, I was surprised to find. Brilliant. Who is actually Polly Pocket for anyone here in yeah, the UK. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I was like, oh my God, Americans know what Polly Pocket is? I know. And I was like, oh my goodness, here is my childhood flooding back to me and my saving of my pocket money. So many, for it. so many great new uh, characters as well. So much fun in this. What I love about Toy Story is how they managed to bring out old new toys okay, yeah so, kind of yeah yeah so every film that we have we get that kind of oh my goodness I remember that again <laughs> how did they not fit this into the old movies they're saving it for this one now the thing about Toy Story 4 in my book is it is tagging on to what was a brilliant trilogy kind of the perfect trilogy yeah some, some it say. really was and a poignant ending mm. in, the, in, the, tri- in the, the final trilogy as well and the thing is with this is that it could have gone one of two ways I'm happy to report that it really went in a good <laughs> way it really did yeah but, okay Genuine questions of a Toy Story movie, okay. you know, the, the checkbox ones. Did you laugh? I did. Did you cry? Almost. Almost. It's good enough. That's a Toy Story movie. Okay, yeah. we're good. Because as long as you did those things. But you know what really makes this is mm. it's the little nuances. It's the oh, little yeah. chuckle moments. So it's not big laughs. It's those little like... <laughs> can, I, can I point out this? This one, Toy Story 4, has my single favourite gag of the entire Toy Story series. Which is? Uh, which is, I'm not going to give any details, but it involves the two new characters, uh, Ducky and Bunny. Yes. Fun is for Ducky and Bunny, is it? Ducky and Bunny. Ducky and Bunny. Oh, who yes, are Ducky played and Bunny. By, who are played by Key and Peele. Yep. Both of whom I worship as a double act. Right. And it is a gag about them causing a distraction. And it's the funniest gag yes. for me in any yes, of these movies. that was hilarious. Because it's so Key and Peele. It's, it's a Key and Peele gag. And that's something that stuck out for me with Toy Story 4. It's got a harder edge to that comedy than any of the others, I think. It's oh, okay. a lot more out there. It's more willing to be razor yeah. sharp. And you know what? I think... If you're thinking that Toy Story traditionally, you might think, I have to go and see this with my kids, Mm. right? Parents, if you're listening, (laughs) this isn't just one where you go, I'm going to drop off the kids at the cinema. This is where you'll be dragging the kids to go, I want to watch this. You're coming with me. I'll go again. (laughs) For me, this this movie, it's got everything that you want from a Toy Story movie, as we mentioned. Mm. But it's the little nuances. Gorgeous, though, isn't it? It's beautiful. Beautiful. And this is the thing. They're all kind of timeless in in their look and feel. But it's the additional little characters. So there's three little soldiers... I think you remember. Oh, Combat Carl. Yes. Combat Carl, played by Carl Weathers. Fantastic. Which apparently was an idea of Tom Hanks's. Apparently that's Tom Hanks's Genius idea. Genius that he is Tom Hanks. He really is America's yeah. sweetheart, isn't but he? It, what I love about this is that there's even like moments which are just so funny for adults. It's a high five moment, so I'm going to just leave yeah, it at yeah, that. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it absolutely cracks me up. The most brilliant addition to this is also... Keanu Reeves. Oh, I mean, God. he's a brilliant Duke addition. Duke Kaboom, the Canadian stuntman toy. <laughs> yes, we Canada is all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that he is, is That is brilliant. up there with Are You a Mexican or a Mexican <laughs> from Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That's just one of those great ones. It's one of those great lines. It's brilliant. He, I loved seeing the footage from the LA premiere of this mm. where everyone was like, you know, really fun and colourful and fluffy and then Keanu Reeves rocks up in a black suit. I love him. so John Wick love, about it. He can't it? do any wrong, Keanu Reeves. I know. Reeves. He Marvel really would can't. seem to think so as well. Very, very true. <laughs> So, big thumbs up from you for Massive. Toy Story 4. Yeah, absolutely. Big thumbs up from me as well. I thought this was great. I, I would I really say did. my only caveat on that is if you are a diehard Toy Story fan, mm. you know that that trilogy is almost sacred in yeah. its look and feel. And this, as a tagging on to the end, probably doesn't quite live up to the brilliance of the three, but it's still very much up there. Yeah, it does it justice, I would it say. It definitely does. It does it justice, yeah. even if it can't quite It's a step nice kind of ending shadow. to it. So a I, I liked it. So, um... Piece of film news that's just coming. We are getting a sequel. Uh, starting filming this year. It's going to be out for uh, Halloween 2020. And it's going to be a sequel to the reboot call sequel 
of Halloween, which cancels out all the other sequels. Oh my goodness, you've and lost the me. You've lost me like X Men Dark <laughs> Phoenix. I mean, exactly, the right? timeline yeah. of this is just mm. so so much of a headache. I don't even know. I was just saying to you just off air that actually, I think the last time I really watched a Halloween movie was back in the early two thousands. Uh, Halloween H twenty H two O. It's supposed to be H twenty. Everyone calls it H two O. It's the water one. <laughs> but that's the thing because it came out around the same time as the Water Boy did. Yeah. Oh, so shocker. everyone was calling it H two O. Yeah. It Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. So I love Halloween. I'm kind of I've stepped away from it for a while. I'd be interested to see. I mean, are they really flogging a dead horse with this? No, no. Actually, that reboot call was quite good. Okay. That was pretty decent. So it. the way it works is you've got the original 1978 Halloween, John Carpenter. You've got uh, this reboot call that we had uh, last year where Jamie Lee Curtis returns. That is the new Halloween 2, but confusingly it's just called Halloween. And now we're going to get a Halloween 2 slash Halloween 3 that is a sequel to this last one. Has, has, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis never ages in my book. And I mean, <laughs> they I had to age her up for Halloween. What? Because she was doing the yogurt adverts at the same time. You're like, okay, that's not the same woman. That and it's is because crazy. they've had to actually make her look old. She aged too well. Jamie Lee Curtis aged too well for movies. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Activia, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the Activia. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's do our last theatrical review of the week then. Uh, we've got three minutes. Let's talk about the flood. Okay. So uh, the flood is a new movie starring uh, Lena Headey and Ian Glenn. So, oh yes, Game of Thrones. Is he Ian Glenn? Ian Glenn? Ian Glenn, I think. So this is basically a, a drama that looks at asylum and immigration issues in England. It's a story that sort of deals with characters who are in, intertwined Could with this. Could not be further from Game of Thrones. I know, future. right? So on the one hand, you have. Uh, the immigration staff themselves, who are Lena Headey, who's struggling with alcoholism and disintegrating home life, only has her job and even then isn't really terribly willing to commit to it. She's kind of just clinging on and slogging through it, powered only by vodka. And then you have an adult asylum seeker who becomes her latest case, her latest interviewee, and we go through his story. So we're dealing with these two dramas in tandem. I've got a clip for you that should uh, hopefully set the tone. Do you think I'm a terrorist? Is that why... That's standard procedure. Have you ever been involved in or supported terrorism? You understand, when you are trying to cross borders, the only people that will help you are dangerous people. I was told to come here. Where do you want to go? You know, people only give you something if they want something. You're just in time. I help the people. How much does help cost? So, not really a rom-com. No, not really. But no. I have to say, Lena Headey, one of our national treasures here in the UK. Oh, totally. Her range is insane. My favourite is seeing her in, like, Dread. Oh, God, um, she's so good in Dread, isn't she? She's so good. Did and you ever then... see her in the Steve Coogan one, The Parole Officer? Uh, do you admit to watching that? Oh, I totally do. I quite enjoyed The Parole Officer. I make no, I make no apologies. I mean, mo- most recently, Fighting With My Family. Again, a completely different role. Love, and of course, of course, Cersei in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, she the, can this woman play no char- like play any more characters? She is just so brilliantly versatile. She's also the second queen of Westeros to have played Sarah Connor. So, yes. you know, they, we should always never look overlook that little bit of trivia. No. Uh, so, um, interesting one, this one. Ian Glenn's not really got a huge part in it. Lena Headey's kind of got the second lead. Okay. Uh, she's great. She's absolutely as great as you would think she yep. is. Uh, big ups to uh, Ivana Jeremiah as well, who plays Hale, the, 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 the uh, interviewee. And uh, Mandip Gill from Doctor Who. 
Oh. Uh, she's in this. She's got quite a good role in this. And she's got way bigger sort of silver screen chops than I would have expected. Well, that's good to hear. Like, there's some some range in there that I honestly wouldn't have quite... She's good on Doctor Who, but she's yeah. got a lot more depth here than I would have expected. Um, this, I say, this is out like everything else this week from uh, Friday the 21st. Uh, wholeheartedly recommend it. I mean, so check it sounds it like a good week for movies. It is a good week for movies. I would say with The Capture and the Flood, you can keep those for home. But definitely uh, Charles Plate and Toy Story, worth checking out. Absolutely. Do you want to stay up to date on the movies coming out this weekend? Do you wonder which movies to see and which to skip? Do you enjoy discussion of the themes in the latest movies? Stay up to date on the latest movies with This Week in Movies podcast, TWIM for short. This Week in Movies podcast offers fresh reviews, analysis and insights for the latest movies in wide release. They won't spoil any of these movies without first giving you a warning. This Week in Movies is a weekly podcast. Subscribe now on your podcast platform of choice. And we're going to give a shout-out to our friends at Twillery for sponsoring us this week. Shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat. It is 2019, after all. So Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking beer in your fridge, apparently. It's easy, it's affordable, and the perfect fit, guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as 55 bucks each when you bundle four or more of them, and they give you free shipping and returns. So you can try on some twills risk-free. After all, you know, feeling is believing, apparently, and these things apparently feel Incredible. So Smart Casual just got a little smarter. This is what you'd call one of the smart shirts. It's also cheaper. Twillery brings performance work shirts to the next level with the four-way stretch material that sort of sweat wicks, shuts down wrinkles. It keeps you looking cool and fresh for as low as 55 bucks a pop. So pop over to twillery.com forward slash off screen for $25 off with the promo code off screen. And we're back and we're headed to telly, Miss Perfect. Well, there is some top telly, I have to say. I'm quite glad. You're, there, you're, there you're really is. touching on my sort of 90s, and uh, like late 80s, early 90s kind of feel. It's kind of the remit of this show, to be honest. Yes, I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> we're a very specific demographic. Uh, but no, we just tend to just be the fun movies that are on on telly. We always tend to be the late 80s, early 90s ones. But They're the best. Let's start then. So we, we, tend, we start our week on Saturday. This goes out on Friday. So here's what to watch this week from Saturday. So, do you want to kick us off with our first film? What have we got first? Okay, so week? we've got Hunt for the Wilder People on Film 4 at 9 o'clock. You are going to have to educate me on this. I, For my sins, I have not seen this. This was Taika Waititi's movie that he <gasps> made between What We Do in the Shadows and Thor Ragnarok. Okay, can I say What We Do in the Shadows? You're sold on that, aren't I'm you? I'm so sold. Not sold on the series. No? Oh, it was so good. No. Oh, big fan. Oh, it's disappointing. Oh, there's... Uh, just just watch episode 7 on its own that's all I'm going to oh, say oh right I have to get just, to episode 7 I stopped at episode, episode 2 episode 7 you will die okay fine Literally, I mean, you'll, undie. You'll, oh, undie. undie. you'll undie. You'll undie. You'll undie. Okay, so <laughs> Hunt for the Wilder People, though, is uh, about an, a, a foster boy. He gets taken in by an old couple. The boy is played by Julian Dennison, you might remember from Deadpool 2. Yep. And he gets taken in by a couple, the patriarch of whom is Sam Neill, an aging, grumpy Sam Neill. Who doesn't um, love Sam exactly. Neill? When Sam Neill becomes a widow, social services show up to take the kid away, and the kid runs off, and it's a bonding adventure through the woods. And is it, for, is it based in New Zealand? Is it? Of course it is. Of course it's in New Zealand. I'm amazed Thor Ragnarok wasn't in New Zealand. I know, there were moments though. <laughs> so Sunday then, we're going from New Zealand to Soviet Russia. It is the best of the Rocky movies. Fight me if you dare, but it's the best of the Rocky movies. It is Rocky Four on Five Spike. And is it 10 past 11? Yeah, I, I mean, it's on way too late. It should be on earlier prime time for this, it's like right? like a 70 minute movie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, we were just saying this is 
is a nice sort of lead into Creed 2, which we'll be coming on to talk about a little bit later yes. on. Yes, yeah, we'll be talking about Creed 2 um, later. But yeah, you know, Dolph Lundgren is, yeah. uh, you know... Oh. I must break you. I know, oh, just terrifying. Yeah, that, him in this and Universal Soldier, I mean, for me, it's kind of like Good my childhood. Good for Dolph Lundgren back yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, I wish I could pronounce his name better. <laughs> Did you know, I was reading an interview, oh, not reading, I was watching an interview with him recently where he was talking about Aquaman, how he got the job in Aquaman, and apparently James Wan is a big Masters of the Universe fan. Am I right in thinking that He-Man also does not age? Uh, well, is he looking a little bit older now, isn't he? I don't know. Dolph Lundgren aged like 20 years overnight one day. It was a weird thing. Uh, he came to stayed ages. In the same way that Schwarzenegger and Van Damme did, they stayed the same age, frozen Until crystalis. they started to do those beer commercials. Yeah, that's what it is, the beer commercials. <laughs> so, Monday. Speaking oh. of comebacks, speaking of comebacks, the mother of all comebacks, Mr. Of, Travolta. Yeah, absolutely. This is on the, uh, Pulp Fiction is on the Sony Movie Channel. Uh, Ten past 11 again. Again, we're, I know. So we're going to revisit Jack Rabbit Slims and catch all of the fun there. This is was a seminal movie for me this is a movie that I still listen to religiously for the soundtrack mm. I love everything about this movie it's such a shorthand isn't it now it's a, pop, oh. it's a pop culture staple yeah it's what Doctor Who would call a fixed point it really is and if you have not seen this shame on you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I loved it because I was, I, was, I was a film nerd at that time. I was like a 12-year-old film nerd when Pulp Fiction came out. Yeah. So it was the, yeah, the biggest event in the world. It was the rise of Weinstein and things like that. It which was amazing. obviously ended badly, but... And, Do you know what, Do you know what badly, I did? But... Uh, I went to my local Forbidden Planet yeah. and I spent all of my pocket money, about age 12 at the time as well, on all, all of the stills, of all of the stills from Pulp Fiction, and I just <gasps> had them all up on my wall. I thought I was the coolest kid in school, and nobody came around to look at those. I've still got, I've still got my Cage Fiction T-shirt where they nice. have edited Nicolas Cage into the into the face of Uma Thurman on the poster of Pulp Fiction. Anything with Nick Cage in it is good in my book. You clearly have been to the Philippines. That's what that is. Because <laughs> you know, in Asia, whenever you've been to Asia, oh, yeah. they worship actors like Nicolas Cage. Why wouldn't you? I mean, he is like, just the legend that all us Asians love. We don't, to a level we never actually see I know right it's, it's like to like one direction I even visited, I even visited his future gra- his future tombstone at oh, wow. New Orleans <laughs> graveyard which is like a of course whole, he does of course so he funny. has one. it's so bizarre he's such a character I, I would imagine it. so uh, Tuesday then you told me you've not seen this so don't I tell thought, them Oh, oh. I, I wasn't going to help your ruse. I'm okay. not going to help. I'm not going to be complicit Smith, in your lies. Gene Hackman, <laughs> um, John Voight. That's the extent in which I know it's on my list this weekend to watch after this. <laughs> Enemy of the State is a movie that has not aged well, given certain geopolitical is events. Is it still worth me watching? It is absolutely still worth watching because it's hilarious by today's technological standards. Having said that, it's also a really good Will Smith thriller. And it's a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. And in the 90s, oh, those, were, those were really a those thing. Those are the ones the you 90s. go and watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the 90s, you didn't see a blockbuster unless it was a Jerry Bruckheimer Jerry blockbuster. Jerry Bruckheimer, he did Pirates of the Caribbean as well. He, he? he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we like to not bring that up. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, because I was like, why is that spring yeah. into my mind? For all the wrong reasons. The last really great Jerry Bruckheimer movies were the National Treasure movies, which, funnily enough, starred Nicolas Cage. And I loved it. Uh, yeah, as you would, as you would. Yeah. So, um, ITV4, 10.40, Tuesday night, Enemy of the State, Will Smith, Surveillance Spy thriller kind of a few wrong man fugitive kind of a, a romp it's really worth seeing it's got an all-star cast that includes people you wouldn't believe like scott khan seth green what? jamie kennedy people like that are in this thriller i used to have a real crush on seth green that's really weird that, i'm sure I, i'm sure a lot of people had a crush on seth green uh, at a very specific days. point yeah around <laughs> yeah. That, that austin powers kind of time yeah yeah, yeah 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 then he started setting himself up on entourage and playing himself as a douche and it all went yeah. to hell so uh wednesday then 
Uh, speaking of someone everyone loves, Mr. Michael Keaton. Oh, and what's, what? what's better than Michael Keaton? I know, I loved him. And what makes me think of Michael Keaton is another 90s movie as well, which is Life. Is it? Oh, yes, I remember Life. Yeah, I yeah. really love that. And I watched it. I mean, again, I thought I was too young to watch something like this because it was actually <laughs> quite morbid. Um, but I, I, he was brilliant in that. Obviously, he had a resurgence a couple of years ago with Birdman as well, which is great yep. to see him back. I, also, The Founder. I loved him in that. Oh, so, that is such an underrated film. I know, right? That I watched really it on a, is. I watched it on a plane. And the I McDonald's. Was like, yeah. It's like the McDonald's biopic, Yeah, isn't exactly. It? And we've got to go back and remember how good he is in his earlier work as well. So Multiplicity, Sony Movie Channel, 7.35pm. If you haven't caught it, um, make sure you watch it on Wednesday. Yeah, so this is basically a comedy in which he has himself cloned to fulfil all Multiple his... Multiple Michael Keatons. Yeah. What is not but to love? I say, what's better than a Michael Keaton? <laughs> Many Michael Keatons. Yeah. Um, and he, he has himself cloned to fulfill different duties for his family. So one, one goes to work, one manages the family and the kids. God, we all need this. The other one enjoys the free time. Um, you, speaking about Michael Keaton movies, one that really went unappreciated, and it was crap, admittedly, but it was, fu- <laughs> but it was fun crap, was a 1997-98 thriller in which Michael Keaton was the villain and Andy Garcia was the hero, and it was called Desperate Measures. And it was set entirely. Just don't ever think that should be that way round. I know, I know, right? That was that was the gimmick, I think, at the time. Mm. They were doing it the inverse. The idea was that Andy Garcia's kid needed a bone marrow transplant to live, and the only compatible donor was a convicted death row inmate, played by Michael Keaton, who engineers the situation to escape. Do you know what? I love the nineties. Thought you'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> so from one psycho to another, Thursday night, Cape Fear, probably my favourite Martin Scorsese movie, ITV4, eleven forty. Worth I, you could just DVR some of these. You yeah, know, you could just Sky Plus them. Just to rem- yeah. So I'm taking my husband through a massive kind of re-education of stuff. It's starting with the whole John Hughes collection, and ah. I'm going to move it on to Scorsese because he. Uh, sometimes I question why I married him. He really does not have some film knowledge. Well, I need I need to revisit Casino. I, I discovered. Yeah. Because Chris Honeysett was, was talking about Casino. I was like, oh yeah, I should watch that again. I've seen it so many years. I know exactly. And this is the great thing about all of these movies that we're mentioning. You may have seen them in their heyday. Yeah, it's nice to go back to. So- so nice to go back to them yeah. and Cape Fear. I know I watched it around oh. 1991, but I like jogging my memory of this. Has this got Nicole Kidman in it? No, no. So right, Cape well, Fear. Am I getting really confused? I, I, it's around that point that because there was in, she was in one of the psycho thrills at that point. Hers yeah. was Dead Calm. Dead Calm. She did yeah. Dead Calm and then she did Malice. So she had two, two back to back, and this kind of slotted in the middle of them. I okay. think Dead Calm was like 1990. This is 91. This is a remake of uh, the old Gregory Peck thriller from the 50s. Nice. We, and it's, it's even got the same score and the same kind of opening yeah. scene with everything the Elmer Bernstein kind of crafting I'm so in love with this movie always have been and I can't help but think part of the part of my enduring charm for it is the fact that it has one of the greatest spoofs ever made for anything and that is the Simpsons episode Cape Fear <laughs> in which Sideshow Bob reenacts various elements Do you know what I think of- I might have seen yeah. that episode. He, he winds up seeing Gilbert and Sullivan on a houseboat right. at the end. Okay, yes, <laughs> I think know? I do recall that. Amazing. <laughs> Which is how I know the lyrics to a British tar. Brilliant. And, so, and also, you know, Robert De Niro, oh, so, excellent just psycho. Just so great. What is he doing doing bagel adverts right now? I, I don't know. The weird thing about De Niro in this, though, as well, is when you look back at it, just, I mean, it's amazing he looked that young and this isn't that long ago. No. Uh, great performance, though. Nick Nolte, when he was still on Very Fine Film. <sighs> Jessica yes. Lang was the female lead in this, by the oh, way. Oh, I love Jessica Lang. Big Fish. Loved yep. her in that. And oh. because this was an age ago, the teenage daughter is played by... 
Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> <laughs> Juliette Lewis. <laughs> Juliette Lewis played her. Really? Which is astonishing. There is something else which I saw, yeah. a very young Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I think she has done a few as well. And then she gets killed or something in it. I can't remember. There's something. Yeah. So, final film of the week then. Friday night at, uh, at 10.35 on the Horror Channel. The Disappearance of Alice Creed with Gemma Arston. Have yeah. you, you saw this one? I did. I have seen this. And I think I thought, I remember watching this weirdly. I watched this in Spain on a really <laughs> rainy day. And I thought, oh, I've, got, I've downloaded this or whatever it was. So I wanted to go and catch it. And really good performance from her not the movie I was expecting no it's got some nice twists and turns yeah. to it hasn't it but yeah. it's kind of like a again it's gone slightly under the radar but mm. for her it's like indie kudos for her very much like I think she's just brilliant here, yeah I think she the is. performance she puts in because it's very much not the kind of thing she normally plays no. either I think she's great in it I, I thought it was but a, also, a, a really also we haven't really seen thriller. her do much th- recently to be honest well, she has got a film out. Vita and, Vi- Vita and Virginia she's in soon. I don't know, I but they're not they're not big, soon. big films. So you no. know when she did like um, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal? She's like, gone Italian now. Prince of Persia or something. Yeah, like. she, she's gone Italian now, you see. She's, she's, married, she's married up. She's Prego. gone to Italy. <laughs> she's, uh, isn't she a countess or something, I think? Now? Good Lord, but, she's uh, done well. She's a countess. <laughs> Holly Valance has gone waste, off to marry a billionaire in Monte Carlo. The world's against me, man. On which note, we'll be back with some home end releases. Big thanks to our friends at Runway East for the luxuriant studio space. Uh, pop along to runwayea.st for details. They're a co-working space. They've got branches in Broadgate, Old Compton Street and more. Uh, check it out. And we're back, and I think it's uh, I think it's time we, we take it to the home end platforms now. What do you think? I think you've got an amazing selection this week. As I well. think we've got an interesting one. It's varied. We can say <laughs> that definitely varied. But I like them for all very many different reasons. <laughs> um, there's some really good stuff. So we've got Cold Pursuit, which is released on Monday, the June 24th. Can I run through the list? Yeah, go through the list. It? Go through the list. Okay, what we've we got, got we've got Happy Death Day to You, which is also out on Monday. We've got the, on the basis of sex also, also Monday. out on Monday, and then streaming. You've got Blackmail, which is a 1929 movie which is available from Sunday and Creed 2 which we mentioned a little bit earlier is available from net on Netflix from Tuesday there is something for everyone here there really is so let's go through those really quick it's a cold pursuit which kind of got right. overshadowed by the controversy when it got released yes, it didn't did, it but can we not avoid the fact that this is Liam Neeson in essentially the most bizarre scenario of oh, seeking God. revenge yeah in a snow plow oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what annoyed me more than anything is Liam Neeson did this movie and he could have done Missile Toe, the fictional movie from Daddy's <laughs> Home too, And it kind of annoyed me that he teased us with one and then did Cold Pursuit. Yeah. And wasn't this like a remake of a, a Norwegian yeah, thriller? Yeah, this is a remake of the Stellan Skarsgård thriller In Order of Disappearance, yeah. which is very good. Now, Cold Pursuit, I thought, was actually pretty decent. Not I brilliant, liked but it. decent. I liked it because I laughed because I was like, this is like Taken, but it on ice. It is funnier than you thought. <laughs> yeah. By the way, how much did you love the opening line in Men in Black International when Liam Neeson turned up and said, oh, I hate Paris? Yeah, yeah that, yeah, that was that got some chuckles, didn't it? Did, it? The yeah. rest of the film didn't so much. I but love that got it. Some I love it. I, I find with like Gerard Butler when he <laughs> when he sort of like does like. Did you just, did you just class up Gerard Butler with Gerard, Gerard Butler? Oh, uh, He's not deaf, are you? Uh, you <laughs> Gerard be. Butler. You be because he, he always goes up on my he always goes up in my expectations when someone can laugh at themselves on screen as he does in London has fallen and Olympus has fallen really and you always see him just sort of like hold back that absolute sort of you know how much are you looking? Forward to Angel Has Fallen. Oh, I mean, 
I'm yeah. clearing my diary. It's my, it's my Logan this year, man. <laughs> <laughs> so happy death day to you. You and I saw the first happy death day together many yes, years, a couple of did. years ago. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. And I don't think the sequel's anywhere near as good as the first no, one. No, but I do it's think fine. it knows how to laugh at itself yeah. again. So the whole concept of this is that a, a girl gets killed and she repeats, it's like Groundhog Day, so she repeats the same day and goes through. And it's really, really funny. And, you know, the second movie knows that it's never going to be as good as the first movie but there was such a fan base for so it, it that it had to make slasher, another one slasher ground it? this one brings in a physics element we've got a clip actually of okay. them sort of t- uh, teetering around the physics uh, plot line of it wait no I got it okay you said everything resets but your memory right yeah alright well then you're just going to have to be a living record <laughs> you mean memorize everything yeah that's genius. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not genius. I'm not a scientist. And hello? I mean, you do realize there's a killer after me, right? That means I'm going to have to die over and over again until you guys figure out how to close the loop. I mean, I guess you could just kill yourself before they find you. Wow, another genius idea. I mean, it's it's not Shakespeare in the park. No, but every time she does die and have to kill herself again, you know, it gets more and more absurd, and she knows it, and oh, I yeah. loved it There's for that. There's some great deaths, isn't there? There's just one that absolutely had me howling. There's one out of the plane where she yeah, just, yeah, like, that yeah, one. yeah, oh, just flips the it. bird on that, and it's they, brilliant. They showed you half of that gag in the trailer. Yeah. And then you get to the film, there's, there's a bit more to it. You're like, oh my God, that's genius. Yeah, I mean, this is a, I love a film that can laugh at itself. This did it first time round. If you enjoyed that, I think you're going to really enjoy the second one as well, but just don't expect it to be, you know, no. as good as the first. The but first it's certainly is enjoyable. But, yeah. But so, uh, final DVD then on the basis of sex. Uh, I liked this. This is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg yes. origin, not even biopic, really, the origin story. <laughs> yeah. That's got a superhero element to this. Yeah. Kind of, it is. It's kind of positioned yeah. as the origin story. This is where she gained her powers. So, I wonder uh, what surprised me about this is that this wasn't awards fodder. Okay, so this mm. is not something. Uh, it stars Felicity Too Jones in it and Army Hammer. Yeah, it kind is like a little Marshall. bit too, But she was very good in this. Mm. And also, it's an American kind of stalwart in terms of their justice system. Yeah. They know, you know, someone who's very much loved. Not someone that we necessarily know a lot of here in the, about here in the UK. Hey, you never, you never seen a Brett Kavanaugh equivalent to this. No. Right, let's just put it that way. You, okay. You're never getting Matt Damon in Kavanaugh. Okay. Yeah, it's not happening. No. And I love that you pronounce <laughs> the it basis, Kavanaugh. On the basis of beer. <laughs> That's what it would be. <laughs> but do you know what? I thought it was a well-made film. I think it's quite... Linear, I suppose, in its mm. style, and I think that might have put a few people off. But I it's like a good biopic. Yeah, I liked my Army Hammer in it as well. Look, I liked all of the elements to it, but it was a shame it kind of went under the radar. It might have been to do with kind of when it was released as well. Yeah, I think it was a little bit too fluffy. I think for to, to be taken as an award. Your cold heart. But but, exactly, but I think to be honest, <laughs> it was it was similar to me to Marshall, which uh, Chadwick yeah. Boseman had done, where he was Thurgood Marshall. It was <laughs> the same kind of a, a an idea of let's do. A, a, a thriller with with a contemporary sense of urgency yeah. about a real suppose, life historical. I figure. suppose I didn't get that whole kind of uh, that sort of climactic feel yeah. of like when you're watching the sort of third act of this, and I think that might be its downfall. But hey, overall, if you want to learn about Ruth Gader 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 Binsberg, Gader Binsberg, yeah. RBG, the notorious RBG, she goes by. <laughs> So, let's, uh, I love you turned her into a rapper. No, no, that's, that's that's what the the people did. She's branded as you know hashtag the notorious RBG. Did you see the documentary? The, the, the no, I for, didn't. Uh, we actually did Oscar night together as well. We did. I should know that you haven't seen that. Yes. You know, yeah, there just aren't enough hours in the day. No, of course they're not. So um, over to streaming then, and we've got the debut on streaming this week uh, of Alfred Hitchcock's talky debut. 
this is interesting that this is suddenly having like a streaming sort of Yeah, they're doing an auto-driven thing at the moment on Mubi. So if you're a Mubi customer from Sunday, June 23rd, you get uh, 1929's Blackmail, which I watched recently. And actually, that really holds up. It was uh, it was something deemed a bit different when it came out. Hitchcock liked to push the envelope with all sorts of technology, and he got his start on blackmail, which say was the first one to feature sound. It is a thriller that still holds up. It's about a woman who. has an argument with her lover, goes home with someone else who attempts to rape her, and then the cop who has to investigate and finds wow. himself drawn into the case. And this is 1929. I know. All I'm, of, all I'm thinking of that era is like Metropolis, you know? That's yeah, exactly. what's springing to mind for the 20s. It's like it's the only movie that was ever made in the 20s for me. Could absolutely <laughs> watch that now, though it holds up. So that's Mubi from uh, 20, uh, 23rd Sunday. Uh, one last one, then, over on Netflix from Tuesday, June the 25th, Creed 2. We were talking about Rocky 4. Yeah, um, I loved Creed. Like, oh, don't get me wrong. I loved Creed, and did, I actually did watched, you love Creed too? I watched Creed two on an airplane, and I felt like it was almost like a step by step reconstruction of the <gasps> first movie. How and dare I, you? I know. Oh, I'm sorry. How dare you? I, <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I was watching it side by side with my husband watching Creed one because I was like, and so it was really <laughs> weird. weird. I know. And in the end, he said, "Shall I watch Creed two? And I went, "No, not really," because don't worry about it. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, what? Uh, well, all right. I just but, uh, my opinion counts too. You know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, let me let me just little John this. What? No, don't even start. Look, it's it is kind of the same story. He's you know he's going back for another fight and you know he's having a baby and there's all this kind of stuff. I, I just I, look. Right, all right, all right, all right. Drop it, Philistine. God. Wow. Say I didn't enjoy uh, it. No, no, no. I will not tolerate it. You have sullied Beat the good name down. of Rocky. You have <laughs> sullied the good name of Rocky, miss. Not How really, dare but you. I did like seeing Dolph Lundgren in it. You know. <laughs> I mean, there were good elements. I just, I just didn't float my boat in the same way that Creed like blew me out of the water. Uh, well, I mean, now that I'm so deflated, can we have a clip? <laughs> Whatever. Here we are. You know, I watch it back in Philadelphia. You showed a ton of heart. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You showed a ton of heart. Heart? <laughs> I know ain't trying to hit it. See, it's rock. Oh, it's okay. It's oh, right. You guys gotta work it out. I lost the fight before it even started, right? No, 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 no. This guy was—he's big guy. He's strong. We got the reach. You know, got all kinds. Of oh, now you trying to train me? Be my coach? No, look at me. Michael B. Jordan there with Sly himself and Tessa Thompson. Um, I, I personally, I really loved it. I, did you enjoy it at least? No, I did enjoy it. Don't oh, get me no. wrong. I, maybe I watched it in the wrong scenario. Maybe I should have watched it on the big screen. Not but... on a plane. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I, I'd seen everything on the list on the plane except for Creed 2. And I think some of the, like, I, I don't know, some kids movies the or something. movie I watched on the last plane I went on. What's that documentary about uh, the war photographer Marie Oh, a Colby. private war. I a, watched a that. On the, war. I watched that on the no, flight back. No, no, no not, not the fictional one. The actual documentary. Oh, the, right. the first Marie one. Colvin one. The Marie Colvin documentary that they because they then followed it up with the actual narrative one. But it was the documentary I watched. And I just I was in floods of tears on the plane. And that would have been a sight to see. <laughs> I, 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 I have no shame in crying. I'll cry happily. I don't mind. <laughs> and I have to say, I, I quite enjoyed a private war with um, I with did. Pike. Yeah. I thought it was I was, thinking, I was just thinking about Stanley Tucci's apartment from that movie the other day. Oh, there we go. Beautiful apartment. Yeah. Anyway. There are, there are good movies to watch on the planes. Creed 2 might not be one of them. I think it needs to be seen on a big screen to really appreciate it. I think it's the second best Rocky movie after Rocky 4. <laughs> I 
Wow. Wow. Okay. Right. So, we'll be having words after this I think, show. I think we shall. So next week, some really bizarre choices. Uh, we've got loads of stuff to come, including Arifa, Support the Girls, Apollo 11, Yesterday, the new Richard Curtis movie, uh, Article 15, Never Look Away, and the frankly bizarre sounding, so bizarre that I can't wait to watch it, in fabric to come next week. So that's there's, there's please tell me that's there. about the nightclub. <laughs> you would wonder, <laughs> wouldn't you? So that just gives me time to thank my guest this week, Miss Rebecca. Perfect. Bex, uh, social media handles for come over. Oh, Where can the people yes. find you? Well, actually, you can find me on uh, Rebecca underscore perfect. I don't even know my own social <laughs> media handle. This is amazing. Why don't you follow me if you're interested in homeware? Why don't you follow me there on Love of the Revision? Like that is my new big thing. There and you go. Okay, so we can get we can get movies there. we can get movies and decorative yeah, and materials. Then, yes, you can indeed. A nice little conversation there for you. <laughs> so that's that's it for us for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a fresh crop of movies. Uh, thanks to Bex. Thanks to you for listening. This has been Off Screen and we out. <laughs> <laughs>